Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal Podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Greetings, I'm Dr. Rob Hartzler from TSAOG Orthopedics in San Antonio. Today on the podcast, we have the honor of hearing from Dr. Johannes Barth from Grenoble, France. Dr. Barth, welcome to the podcast, or should I say, bienvenue sur le podcast. Merci, Rob. Thank you very much for inviting me here. It's a great honor for me to discuss with you about this podcast. Dr. Barth currently serves as the Vice President of the French Society of Arthroscopy. He's a very productive researcher, having more than 35 scientific articles and a dozen book chapters to his name. He completed a clinical fellowship with Dr. Gilles Walsh, an Asian traveling fellowship, and a research fellowship with Dr. Stephen Burkhardt. So Dr. Barth, we welcome you to the podcast again, and we are anxious to hear about your article from the July 2018 issue of the journal entitled, Arthroscopic Ladder J Techniques, Graft and Fixation Positioning Assessed with 2D CT is Not Equivalent with Standard Open Technique, which will give us a chance to take a broad look at shoulder instability surgery and some of the details of the Ladder J procedure. So Dr. Barth, what's the take-home message of this article? Is arthroscopic Ladder J ready for widespread adoption? Yeah, that's the main question. Um, I think we are optimistic about the arthroscopic Ladder J. I think it's probably the future. Uh, it's, I, I don't. Sh- I shouldn't say it's probably the future. It is the future, but it is not as easy as we thought. We have analyzed from the past ten years that some surgeons started arthroscopic latage and came back, which was not the case for the other uh, procedures. So we have to uh, be uh, very uh, cautious with the technique, and we have to uh, probably improve ourselves. Uh, still improve ourselves with the, the technical uh, uh, steps, the different technical uh, aspect of the procedure. But uh, for sure, it, 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 is, it is going to be the future. So we wrote this article with Lionel Neton. Uh, we were uh, working for the French Society of Arthroscopy under, for, for a symposium under the direction of Gilles Valch and uh, Laurent Lafosse. And uh, our task with Lionel was to try to see if we place the uh, coracoid bone graft as well uh, with the arthroscopic technique as the open procedure. And you can see that uh, we, uh, we thought that we did, but uh, actually uh, the placement is uh, uh, statistically uh, significantly different. We don't know the clinical impact on that, but what we, what we showed is that uh, the coracoid bone graft with the arthroscopic technique is significantly more lateral. And uh, in the in the actual plane, uh, that uh, for the uh, open procedure. Why do you think that, from a technical sp- perspective, it resulted in a more lateral graft? Is there some visualization issue, or is it a, a technical issue placing the graft? So what what we observed is that both arthroscopic technique, the technique as described by Laurent Lafosse with the arthroscopy, or the technique as described by Pascal Bolo with the uh, underbutton, both technique were uh, significantly more lateral than the open procedure. This is a fact. It is difficult, uh, I, I think, for, for, for the uh, arthroscopy technique, the difficulty is to uh, place the handle through the, the skin exposure and through the subscap split. This is more difficult than the open approach where you have a direct visualization of the anterior glenoid and you can place your coracoid graft very perpendicular toward the anterior glenoid. This is more difficult with the, op- with the uh, uh, arthroscopic technique using the arthroscopy. And we see that the screw were always more with a dire- medial direction 
uh, whereas the open uh, procedure is more parallel to the joint line. Let's take it just a step back and let me ask you for in your personal practice, how often are you doing the American style of an isolated arthroscopic bank heart repair for shoulder instability? What, what percentage of cases in your practice do you estimate? Well, it, it's approximately less than 10% because I, I follow the easy score. We, we uh, have uh, demonstrated with the uh, French Society of Arthroscopy that uh, with an easy score greater than two, the, the, the risk of redislocation were uh, too high. So we use the cutoff of two points. So you can imagine it's very rare that we can uh, use the, the isolated arthroscopic bank heart for those patients, only for easy score inferior to two points. And how about arthroscopic bank heart repair with arthroscopic remplissage? Any indication in your practice for that operation? That will be that will sound probably funny for you because I use this technique only for my revision of uh, latarge. But when I whenever I cannot match with an isolated arthroscopic bank heart, then I choose the open the mini open latarge procedure. Why do you think that arthroscopic bank heart repair isn't sufficient? Uh, let's I'll gr- let's grant that in recurrent typical recurrent instability case arthroscopic bank heart is not sufficient surgery? Is it because there's unrecognized capsular damage? Is the bank heart lesion not the essential lesion? What's your guess about that? It's probably a multifactorial problem. I'm not talking about uh, arthroscopic bank heart in association with other procedures, which I don't know because we, we did not uh, analyze that. So uh, I don't know about bank heart with remplissage or, or other procedure like that. But for isolated bank heart, we have well analyzed that. We, we think that it is not sufficient in main cases. But right, but what I'm trying to ask you is why. Is it, do you think yes. that it's the Hill, is there, is it, if we address the Hill Sachs lesion, would that be enough? Is there just capsular damage and stretch? Is the subscap insufficient? Well, I, I think it's combined uh, uh, problems that we have to treat. And that's, I think it's difficult to treat it with soft tissue procedure. Would you say that you're holding out room that arthroscopic bank heart repair with remplissage may be a sufficient treatment for typical recurrent oh, yes. instability patient? But then we need to have evidence with long-term follow-up, but why not? Yes. Right. For me, I think that's the, the big unanswered question in shoulder instability surgery is what is it? Latterge, the answer, or bank heart plus remplissage? Yes. That's that fair? totally true. I agree with that. And I, I have no answer to, to, to give you because I, I don't have the evidence about that. But I'm very interested by the, the, the result of this combined procedure. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see how that, that plays out in the next five to ten years, probably. Yes. So for you, the vast majority of instability surgery is open, mini open ladder J. Yes. And currently, any indication for you for arthroscopic ladder J, are you using that at all in your practice? Well, I, I used to, to, to try the arthroscopic technique of, as described by Laurent Lafosse. But at that time, I, I was not so happy with the result because the patients were a little bit more painful 
a little bit more stiff and uh, the placement of the coracoid was not as satisfactory as uh, with the mini open uh, approach so i tried to stop to stop this procedure but now i'm thinking about doing the uh, the arthroscopic uh, latarge with the a technique uh, as described by Pascal Boileau with the underbutton, which seems to be more reproductible with a completely different uh, technical approach that might be more satisfactory. So you think from the perspective of graft positioning, though, that the endobutton technique is going to win out and be good enough in terms of an appropriate graft position for arthroscopic latergé? Yes, that's what we observed. Um, you know, the, I, I say we, we we proved that it was a slightly more lateral than the open procedure, but it, it, we don't know the clinical relevance about that. But what we saw with the underbutton technique, it was the more reliable uh, procedure. What do I say when I say that? That means that the dispersion of the value was the shortest, whereas the arthroscopy technique were very variable from uh, sometimes very too medial and very too lateral. You you understand what I mean? The, yes. the variability of the positioning was less less reproducible than the underbutton technique. This is what I'm saying, but I cannot say more than that. Do you have any advice for U.S. surgeons or surgeons who don't have much experience in arthroscopic latergé in going about adopting the procedure? Uh, that's a very uh, good question, Rob. Uh, I think the we, we learned that from the open latarge, it was also a very difficult technique. And uh, as from the perspective of, of the published series, especially coming from North America, where we see so many complications, uh, we see that there, uh, the, the technique needs to be uh, learned uh, through a, a surgeon who really know the technique. We have to transmit the technique by teaching uh, all the different uh, points, all the different pearls, of the technique and we can really reduce the complication rate as it was shown by uh, Gartsman and Bradley Edwards who was fellow with Gilles with a complication rate under 5%. So for open procedure is the it's it's the the reality but we, we I think it's even more uh, true for the arthroscopic technique. I think it's a very very demanding procedure that needs to be learned with a mentor that will teach all the different uh, pearls of the of the technique. Once this is done, uh, the the surgeon probably has to train on cadaver labs, and then progressively uh, start with the technique. But I would probably recommend to do it first with the open approach to perfectly understand the anatomy because the difference between the other technique, like a rotator cuff repair bankrupt procedure, most of these techniques are all inside the box, so it's an intraarticular procedure. But when you do an, a latarge, it's a outside the box procedure you have to deal with other anatomy that we are used to do like the plexus and all those kind of stuff which are uh, quite uh, difficult to manage with so i think it's more important to know it perfectly to do it open first and then to to switch to arthroscopic latarge what, what do you think is the learning curve i've heard pascal boileau say 50 is the learning curve for arthroscopic latarge do you think that's accurate or yeah, he's probably right because, as I told you, I went back from the arthroscopic latarge, so I will just start now uh, the, the the technique of Pascal Boileau, and I hope I will uh, go faster because I I went to see him, I went to to see him practice this technique, then I I trained in the cadaver lab, and I I tried to 
to work. And I, I know the anatomy because I, I'm doing a lot of open case per probably 60 cases per year. So I think I, I can do it uh, now. I hope probably faster. I, I hope 20 cases would be enough because in France we are more comfortable with the with the latage technique, only the latage technique. Well, it sounds like if we want to learn the technique, we have to come to France. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be very happy to welcome you. Good. Anything, anything else you can think of? Well, I, I just want to thank you for inviting me. I, I hope I, I was clear enough to, to, to talk about this topic. And, uh, and uh, we'll see in the future what the American surgeon will do if they will follow the French, the French um, way with the latage, open or arthroscopy. Uh, we'll see that in five or ten years. <laughs> this article from the July 2018 issue of the journal entitled Arthroscopic Latage Techniques Graft and fixation positioning assessed with 2DCT is not equivalent with standard open technique can be found on the Arthroscopy Journal's website at arthroscopyjournal.org. Don't forget to join us next time.